Welcome, everyone, to the Game Disc Podcast, where every week we discuss a specific video game, brand new, retro, or anything in between, and figure out if it's worth putting on our top 100 games of all time. I'm your host, Simon Esty, and today I'm joined by my co-host... Noah Esty. And today we're talking about all the news, because Microsoft is treating itself to a big purchase while Unity treats itself to cutting off some dead weight. And then, during our weekly game discussion, we decide if Resident Evil 7 is one of the top 100 games of all time. Did this return of the original survival horror game to its roots, or was there not enough boulder punching? We will figure all that out. But first, Noah, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not doing too uh, great, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, um, last week, uh... Made a little bit of an oopsie on the podcast. Uh, I'll go ahead and address that now. Uh, while talking about our uh, Bungie story, I accidentally made a mistake and said that Juneteenth, um, the Juneteenth debacle for Halo, was attributed to Bungie, but it actually was attributed to 343 Industries, who, as we all know, is handling the Halo license right now. So uh, I'd like to get that out of the way and like uh many internet heroes before me uh i am going to uh refuse to apologize for it and blame the audience that it was actually okay and their fault yep uh, i i agree it was definitely their fault and i'm yeah, sure that i know that you've been getting a lot of hate people have been I showing have up been. outside people have been showing up outside of your apartment um mm-hmm. they've like doxed you yeah uh they your boss actually found out about it and fired you um, yeah he said that we will never have anybody who makes a mistake like that he said not in my company um mm-hmm. yeah your your wife took the kids and just left um mm-hmm. well no she left the kids she just left oh okay well she took the yeah. dog yeah but but the kids no longer talk to me yeah well why would they? i don't I, i'm just i'm here just to tell you that this is the last time we'll ever speak um yeah well i i will say this um I I will announce my resignation for the uh the game disc podcast. Um, I will. There is, you, yeah. No. So um, you 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 don't have to resign. No, uh, it's it's okay. No, um, I, I fired as, you. Oh oh okay. No <laughs> never never mind. Um, can can I at least stay until we uh finish the uh, top one hundred games of all time list? Oh, I already did it without you. It's oh, done. Okay, it's cool, done. awesome. All right, well um. Yeah, so I guess that's the uh, the game disc podcast. Um, uh, I I guess I'll just take my uh my stick with like my uh, little sack tied to the end of it, and I guess I'll uh go start I'll hitchhiking. See you guys around. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll start hitchhiking <laughs> around Japan and just uh be like, yeah, that'll be sharing uh hobo stories, being like, so what happened to you? I was like, well, uh made a mistake on the game disc podcast like wait oh you're that guy hey let me see your sack and then they just start beating with me with my with stick. The stick yeah <laughs> exactly yeah throw well, me out of the uh bullet train car <laughs> yeah and honestly kind of deserved yeah um Damn. but uh what about you simon uh what about how are you doing yeah i'm um i'm not too bad uh work's been kind of crazy but i always like doing this um mm-hmm. so yeah uh i'm ready to kind of get into it it's the weekend and no complaints there my fiance comes home in a week so i'm pretty Mm -hmm. excited about that um so Mm -hmm. yeah i think uh long week but i'm glad it's over and it's over 
Um, so let's just go right into the news because there was a pretty big thing that happened this week. Uh, Microsoft has finally bought Activision Blizzard King. Yay, they did yeah. it. Good job. Yeah, they they worked really hard. I, I I'm being facetious. Well, they probably yeah. people actually probably did work very hard. Oh, I'm um, sure their yeah. lawyers worked very hard. Their, their lawyers worked very hard. I'm sure. Um, and I'm yeah, sure they, even they, oh, just creating the yeah, I'm sure even just creating the deal probably took a lot of negotiations. Oh yeah, I'm sure time, it so. actually was. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it actually was pretty pretty involved. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's finally done. We can finally stop hearing about it for now. Um, there's like a weird concession that xbox made where like ubisoft will like owns the license for their for all like microsoft cloud games which is weird but um it seems like other than that you know uh overwatch and wow and call of duty uh and tony hawk himself are all now owned by uh phil spencer the you know he he can go down to the pits and give uh tony hawk some scraps and make sure he's you know fed but can't uh, maybe he'll let him out i don't know i hope he does no i i've heard tony hawk actually just like walked out like years ago i heard that it was just like um yeah it's one of those things where it was like they had him in this pit and then like at some point a couple years ago they're like hey what have we fed tony hawk in a while like oh shit we should probably do that and when they ran to go feed him i was like He's not in here. And they like look through all the security footage footage of the past year and they're like, apparently he just kind of walked out and nobody noticed. Yeah, that's that's fake news. Tony Hawk doesn't walk anywhere. He oh, yeah, out. right. Yeah, he all right. out. But I, I don't think so. I think he's still there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, what are your I mean, are you just glad this is over? Or are you what's kind of your take on this? Or, or, or I guess a better question is. What do you hope Microsoft brings back? What uh, what Activision Blizzard um, franchise do you hope you know we see return? Uh, so first of all, uh, I don't have an Xbox, so um, but well, yeah, but they're yeah, whatever. But they're, just for the gaming community. Well, not only that, but it's I. I mean, uh, certain things I don't think that they'll make exclusive to Xbox. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um. Uh, like, I mean, I could see something like Call of Duty being, uh, like that. Um, to be honest, um, there's not really any major Activision franchises that I can think of off the top of my head that I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. I think it would be really cool if, um, maybe, like, Blizzard, this would never happen, but I think that it would be kind of cool if Blizzard, like, looked back at some of their, like, forgotten, um, IPs that only had like one game like a uh, Blackthorn or um Lost Vikings and like kind of do something with that maybe just like a re-release or something I think that might be kind of cool um yeah. I um I can't really think of any other like big major Activision Blizzard games though that uh I would be like oh that would be great to see a comeback but what about you Yeah there's actually quite a few um I, I loved like the whole like music genre when Guitar Hero and Rock Band were big, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing Guitar Hero come back. Um, I really liked the last one, Guitar Hero Live. Um, I mean, it was kind of weird with the way they did it, 
but I wouldn't mind just seeing like, you know, a Guitar Hero trilogy that's just all of the songs from like one through three or something. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, and then the other thing I really, really want, which I think is not likely, is um, a remaster slash continuation of the Transformer Cybertron games. I would mm. love if we got uh, War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron. Those mm-hmm. games are so good. Um, and they're just kind of like gone now. Yeah. Um, so they definitely deserve a remaster. Those are easily the best Transformers games ever made. They're just good games in their own rights. Um, so yeah, we... I hope that whoever... You know, I, Microsoft seems like maybe it's a little bit more willing <laughs> to work with some of these big companies. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully they sit down with Hasbro yeah. or whoever owns the video game rights to Transformers and gets that entangled so we can at least yeah. get uh, maybe, I mean, I, I think a new game is not very likely, but I think a no. remaster, I don't think that that's unreasonable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think a new, I think that if they did do a new game though, it would be like great for Game Pass. Like it's something that I feel like that a new Transformers game like in those, oh, yeah. in that vein would be great for Game Pass. Like, hey, Here's another Game Pass like game for all the people who are fans of those games, or if you just like Transformers, here you go. So well, yeah, and I think that that I think that should be like Microsoft's kind of like strategy going forward. Mm-hmm. I think they should like, yeah, uh, you know, X- Xbox does have you know Forza, but Spider Man's mm-hmm. gonna be like the big game this month. You know what would have been cool? No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, Spider Man. Yeah, you know, you know what would have been cool if uh, if Microsoft added the other Spider Man two to Game Pass, like as a remaster, because they because that's an Activision game. Yeah, what a um. Now, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure that the deal probably would be a bit more complex. Like, they'd have to get Marvel involved and such. Oh yeah. But man, how crazy would that be if the day before Spider Man two launches, Microsoft is like, hey. We're gonna add like Spider-Man to the movie, the game on Game Pass. Yeah, but but I mean, and I think they could, you know, not they mm-hmm. can't do it this quickly. There's no yeah. way they could get that sorted out in a week. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't think that that's like I I could see that happening. I could see them yeah. making those deals because yeah, like before we were all playing Insomniac Spider-Man, Activision had that license, and there, mm-hmm. I don't know if any of those games are as good as Insomniac's two games but Mm -hmm. spider-man 2 is really good i remember really liking ultimate spider-man as a kid um i think one of the shattered dimensions i think was Mm -hmm. another one that was pretty good yeah the the one with the origins spider-man like yeah oh yeah i remember that game was like really big back before the arkham games came out yeah those those are all activision games and i think that i mean microsoft has no problem talking to disney they're making um that indiana jones game so mm-hmm. and disney's totally fine with letting you know all the star wars games get remastered so i don't know why they'd have a problem with marvel too so yeah hopefully that uh yeah ho- i hope we <laughs> see those the other thing that i think that the, the other game that i think will be easier that we will actually see is that's a no-brainer is um a sequel to tony hawk's one plus two just do tony <laughs> hawk's three plus four yeah you know three um, is like most people consider three i think the best one in the series mm-hmm. you know remaster and, that sell it on playstation throw it on game pass call it a day yeah obviously it's more complicated than that because of the music but again if you fi- if activision could figure out one and two microsoft can figure out three and four yeah and um it's one of those things too where it's like um 
is Toys Before Bob owned by Activision or no? Yeah. Okay, so I could see... Um, so, obviously, this year's been a bad year for uh, video game developers, but I could see if maybe once, like, after the deal goes through, Microsoft starts making more money again, they could kind of hire people from Toys for Bob to, like, come back and make some more games, because, like, you well, want... Well, they're all still there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, um... they're just, um, they just fed them, I think, to the Call of to Duty machine. the Call machine. of Duty machine? Yeah. yeah. okay. Well, um get them back into making other stuff because yeah now that you have to fulfill for game pass and game pass was great for like those kind of games that they specialized in yeah the strategy yeah activision mm-hmm. strategy was sell you know make a call of duty and sell it every year because that will bring in the most money mm-hmm. microsoft has a um their strategy it needs to be more focused on quantity yeah. Um, obviously, Call of Duty is not going anywhere, but I think that they'll mm. have to find other ways to take advantage of that Activision catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, the other bit of good news this week, <laughs> uh, and yes, I consider that buyout going through good because we all knew it was going to happen, and now we can stop hearing about it, whether you were for or Glad against it. Glad to hear you like Monopoly, Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not How's even going to top hat feel? I'm not even going to get into that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think whether you are for it or against it, both are pretty valid. Um, yeah. But the other uh, kind of big news is John Riccatello is mm-hmm. stepping down from Unity. So as you are probably aware, Unity decided to uh, blow itself up a couple weeks ago um, due to mm-hmm. a pricing scheme where they would charge 20 cents per download of any game that uses Unity, not sale download yeah yeah yeah. um and so it it was obviously uh you know developers freaked out rightfully so a lot of them stopped using unity for their projects a lot of them um you know uh the developers of cult of the lamb actually said they were going to pull their game when this goes into effect january 1st Mm um unity did walk it back but the damage was kind of already done developers don't trust unity anymore so now the ceo john riccatello is stepping down um I mean, it's good that he's stepping down. Hopefully, Unity can get some new management. Uh, but it also came out that like a week before he sold a bunch of shares. So it's there's a part of me that's like, this may have been his intention. <laughs> like, <laughs> sells a bunch of shares, gets a bunch of money, probably like shorted his own stock. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, who knows? But it's, uh, yeah, at least he's gone. And hopefully, Unity can start building up back that trust because this it's just, Unity right now is vital to the game industry, and there's no there's no replacement for it. So, mm-hmm. I think the thing we really need to talk about because we haven't talked about it enough is we mentioned it's a bad year for game developers. Man, I think we really need to think about our gaming CEOs a bit more, though. Oh yeah. Um, the uh, as you just mentioned, <laughs> he's leaving. Uh, Bobby Kotick is set to leave by the end of 2023. Uh, Hideki uh, Kamiya from uh, Platinum Games co-founder, he actually uh, announced they just announced that he's leaving the studio as well. But he's um, a, he's at least a little different. Yeah, because um, he's at least like a developer. John mm-hmm. Riccatello and Bobby Kotick. Uh, I don't even. They, yeah, I don't. They're business. They don't. They they're don't have a creative people. bone in their body except for how to like fuck over people. 
they're, they're <laughs> very creative about that. He, 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 had, he came up with the idea of the Bill Cosby room. That, right, that yeah. was funny. And John Riccatello was able to threaten the livelihood of people who <laughs> didn't even work for him. Oh, man, that was... <laughs> What, what a and bond. you say they're not creative <laughs> and you say they're not creative yeah like, clearly hey, how can i like get the people who don't even work for me like yeah worried about their future yeah john riccatello shoot for the uh, moon because even if you miss you land among the stars and you did miss and you landed into the sun mm-hmm. so, um, um i mean yeah it's one of those things where it's like in most other like jobs, if you make a huge mistake like that, you get fired. And um, like you mentioned, this may have just been his like attempt at shorting his stock, which um, I, I could see that. But um, I think it's not a bad idea to have him leave after this whole fiasco. It's it is always kind of like nice to see a CEO after like doing some huge major mistake like this to be gone in some capacity and uh hopefully we don't see him again oh oh i read a joke that uh the new ceo of unity is bobby cotton and i'm like oh, no no <laughs> i mean uh yeah we're going it's to, not we're just going to like the video game industry it's just going to be everybody like all the ceos trying to screw just like... musical chairs <laughs> exactly and then yeah. it's like in 20 years like the big news article is Bobby Kodak's returning from Blizzard after his like stint at several other companies. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's uh, the other one that was in the play was a uh, Jim Ryan. So Jim Ryan, will go, <laughs> Jim Ryan will go to. Uh, well, people joked that yeah, like uh, Jim Ryan's going to go to uh, Unity. Yeah. Too, which... And then now it's now the joke is Bobby Kodak this week. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So glad he's gone. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be fine, though. Definitely yeah. don't feel bad about him losing his job. Mm-hmm. Um, but in response to layoffs, um, two decent-sized companies, uh, game developers, have decided to unionize. CD Projekt Red um, has announced that they are going to unionize after they've had three rounds of layoffs this year. And then Avalanche <laughs> Studios, who developed the Just Cause games, and I think Hogwarts Legacy, uh, are mm-hmm. also... Um, unionizing there's i don't think was really in response to layoffs but last year the company did have to issue an an apology when a high level employee was accused of inappropriate workplace conduct Mm -hmm. um so i think though uh and cd project red straight up said it was because of the layoffs avalanche because of the maybe toxic workplace type of stuff and then also maybe um a little bit preemptive for the layoffs. I don't think they've been hit with it, but they may be looking around and reading the room and saying, well, we might, so let's kind of prepare ourselves now, protect ourselves, um, because over 6,000 jobs in the industry were lost this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I did it. I combined three new stories into one. Um, Good job. <laughs> so yeah, 6,000... <laughs> You're becoming 000, a pro at this. Yeah, 6,000 jobs were lost this year. Um, so I think that we're going to see a lot more studios unionized just to protect themselves, because you know when Epic can lay off almost 1,000 people um you know and cd project red who is being pretty successful right now with their Mm -hmm. relaunch of cyberpunk if they can have three rounds of layoffs this year like i feel like it can kind of nobody's safe um Mm -mm. not to mention kind of the death of live service that we've kind of been talking about well not death but Mm -hmm. decline of live service Mm um so yeah um what do you i mean kind of what are your thoughts on this 
Um, I mean, like, this is a, a scary year, and, um, like, I think it's always great. I think it's really interesting how, like, um, hindsight, of course, always being 2020, back when the, like, uh, big story was, like, how pre- prevalent crunch was in the video game industry, um, Jason Schreier, he broke, like, his article about how, like, oh, like, companies like Rockstar, Naughty Dog, what was the other one? Nether Realms, Bioware was like the big one. They all were using Crunch, and they were also kind of like um, threatening like employees by being like, "Yeah, so if you work overtime and like stay like you stay overtime without pay, you're gonna make us. You're gonna look really good in front of us, and um, maybe we'll hire you full time compared to everybody else." And just like did shady tactics like that. Um, which, like I said, hindsight 2020, if, would have been great if, like, the industry kind of, like, unionized after that a bit more, um, and then, like, yeah, maybe it could help with these, uh, layoffs, which, obviously, I'm, I'm not blaming them, but, um, I do think that would be great if, in, uh, addition to job security, they would also tackle issues like this as well, like crunch and things like that. That would be awesome if, we started uh, improving upon the toxic work environment because it seems like that is something very prevalent in the games industry right now, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and hopefully, as the I think that the industry is kind of in a um, it's going through some growing pains. Yeah, um, and uh, hopefully, you know, it kind of starts to take itself seriously, and it's, I think it is, and that's why I think you're seeing a lot of you know unionization, and um, which I mean. <laughs> I think it's kind of necessary at this point, just with how uh, a lot of these developers are being treated with crunch and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but so now we've got some good news. I'm not going to do a feel good story of the week because both of these <laughs> are kind of feel good stories. Oh, okay. um, this one's not super feel good, but uh, I think it's interesting <laughs> and cool. Uh, Xbox has passed 500,000 units in Japan. Uh, that may not seem like a lot, but that's actually mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. This is mostly due to the Series S, which has actually been selling pretty well due to kind of its small size and smaller size homes in Japan. Yep. Um, so it sold 500,000 in, what, the three years it's been out. For comparison, mm-hmm. over its total lifespan, the Xbox One sold 227,000, and the 360 sold 1.5 million, 1.61 million. So you figure mm-hmm. it's a, it's been about three years. It's about a third of the way to the 360 um i could maybe i think it might be able to surpass the 360 i think it will um i mean i think that so the 360 which uh let me kind of organize my thoughts here so the thing about the 360 that made it sell better than the one was microsoft really tried to get the japanese market they um I, that's, I mean, that's not the only reason the 360 yeah. sold better than the one. <laughs> well, that and also, but, like, there was a lot of, like, random games, like, um... But Last you're Remnant, right. Last um, Remnant. Blue uh, Dragon, uh, Lost Odyssey. Eternal and, Sonata. Um, exactly. Uh, because the PS3 Fate, was... Because... Huh? Resonance of Fate, the, like, gun one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Resonance of Fate 2. Those were both on PS3 also, though, I think. Or one of them was. Um, oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, the the Japanese developers really had like a hard time jumping to like the, kind of the HD um, gener- generation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and partly because the PS3 was such just a mess to mm -hmm. develop for. And we saw, I mean, we saw that with yeah. every game. I mean, that wasn't a Japanese thing. That was, you know, Fallout 3 the, and Skyrim, like, totally the, broken on PS3. The orange box for, orange it, box, for the PS3 yeah. is, like, notorious for being awful. There's tons of ports that are notorious mm -hmm. for being awful on the PS3, mm -hmm. um, which is why the 360 did so well, because it was, yeah. you weren't going to buy a PS3 at first. Um mm -hmm. But but you're right. I think Xbox then also tried to kind of get that market, and they did. You know, Blue Dragon was straight up like a Dragon Quest successor, and Last Remnant was a Final Fantasy successor. Um, mm -hmm. And then they kind of let that lapse. You know, I don't think the Xbox One really had any games that appealed to Japanese players. Um, but now it seems like yeah. they're definitely. I think Xbox has realized a lot of people worldwide like Japanese games. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, their big, like, launch exclusive was Yakuza, uh, mm -hmm. Like a Dragon. That was next-gen exclusive on Xbox. Mm -hmm. um, Which, that is a game that was... Uh, I don't know if the mentality's changed now, but I know a couple years ago, the uh, creator of uh, the Yakuza series was like, yeah, we're, um, we're really surprised that, like, the game has such a strong foreign, like, audience. Originally, like... We just really made this game fully solely for a Japanese audience, yeah. and then realized that like some foreigners people, and it's like, oh, that's cool, but now it's huge. Yeah, and so, um, and you can I'm tell sorry. just by the you can tell just by the deals they're making that Xbox mm -hmm. is. I mean, Microsoft they they want that. I mean, Persona Three Reload is going to be day one Game Pass. Mm -hmm. um, all I of mean, the Persona ports were announced at an Xbox show. Well, Microsoft was talking about buying Sega, like. Even along with like um all of like the huge Sega games like Atlas, Sonic and stuff, even something like they would own all the game centers that Sega owns too. Like yeah. stuff like that where it's like I think yeah, Microsoft, like they I could see them really trying again to go into the Japanese market, but kinda going in a different way. Um of course they're not gonna buy Sega anytime soon. Um they spent so much money on this uh oh, yeah. Activision Blizzard deal, but yeah, I could see. Um... I think they're just going to do these kind of like, yeah, like the deals that they're doing with Atlas. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I think they're really going to just lean into these deals with Sega, like Yakuza, yeah. Atlas. They clearly have that good relationship. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say Sega's probably well, Capcom, too. But even Capcom, they've been making deals with because Exoprimal was a Game Pass game. So I think that they're just going to keep mm -hmm. making these deals with Japanese publishers and bolster your Game Pass. And yeah. that's great um i mean, I, mean I, I, I would no problem with that yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they start trying to get uh from software like yeah i try to do that. something with them because like two very big games in japan recently was like armored core and um of course elden ring so it's like something like that where putting those games on game pass may start like sway japanese consumers being like oh i don't need to buy a ton of games i can just um like yeah well, and, you know, the PS3 hasn't been selling like, or the PS3, PS5 hasn't been yeah. selling like, like. I mean, to be fair, the PS3 hasn't either lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it hasn't been. In fact, no, I don't that's know. just a fact. I, I, that's true. Um, there's been no new PlayStation 3 sold in the year 2023 in Japan. Uh, I, I haven't looked that up, but I think I can confidently say that. Okay, let me hold on. I'll verify that source. Actually, did you hear the the Verge posted an article today? So, do you know what Circana is? uh no who's he so it's not a he it's it's an organization that uh, publishes Good a joke. list of um it it publishes a list of like 
uh, all sales related to video games. Yeah. Okay. And um, the Circana report came out that there was one Wii U sold last month. Really? Yeah. Which means like, like a new one. Like yeah, this isn't like oh like a <laughs> retro game store sold a Wii U. This is like Target or Walmart or something sold. <laughs> a brand new wii u in the year 2023 <laughs> so you we joke there may have been a ps3 sold in japan but anyway back to the, the topic um yeah there's your, there's your other feel-good story of the week the wii yeah. u continues to sell yeah Suricana has announced was, that the wii u has sold uh there was a wii u sold which um correct me if i'm wrong that means that now the wii u has sold like three times as much as it has previously correct yeah yeah it's double well no it's just the the consoles now the console's getting its second wind exactly it was it was always in for the long haul but anyway back yeah, to always... back to xbox in japan yeah um yeah the ps5 hasn't been selling particularly well so it's not hard in, in japan that the, mm. the, the country's kind of moved on to like pcs and switch um yeah. not that it's selling bad it's still selling fine but it's mm-hmm. not keeping up with you know the the ps3 and the ps4 um so it's not you know it's it and it makes sense again we talked about the small size of japanese homes this gigantic white thing takes Mm -hmm. up a lot of room and the series s is half the size i don't know i I don't if if there was a generation for xbox to catch up Mm -hmm. this is this is kind of their best chance yeah um i think the, the one thing that microsoft if they really want to get a hold into the Japanese market, the one game they really they need, need waifus. Uh, Besides Master Chief, yeah, of course. Um, and well, and Arbiter. Arbiter yeah, was like thing. I mean, I remember that. There's that iconic line in Halo um, Five, I think, where it's like, "You tried to kill me, yes, and now you tried trying to kill the best of your clan, bitch." <laughs> it was like, and that was a great line. Um, but the thing that they need, if they really wanted to tap into the Japanese market, they need to make Dragon Quest uh, available on Xbox. Like, yeah. Dragon Quest is a game that people buy the console for Dragon Quest. I um, I remember back when I used to teach adults, I was talking to a guy and he was like, oh, yeah, like, um, yeah, Dragon Quest, it's a game I played as a kid. He was like, yeah, I buy... um." a PlayStation just to play Dragon Quest. And it's like, that's how it is in Japan. People will buy a PlayStation and they won't buy any game besides Dragon Quest. So, yeah, I think and, if... And if your oh, options yeah. are... Oh, sorry to kind of interrupt. Yeah, but no, I, okay. yeah I think you, you kind of nail it. Like, if mm-hmm. your options are $450 for a digital PlayStation 5, that's huge, mm-hmm. or $350 mm-hmm. for this little Series S... Mm-hmm. and all you care about is playing dragon quest mm-hmm. like why wouldn't you just go with the cheaper thing why yeah, wouldn't you exactly. pay 410 dollars for dragon quest 12 or instead of 510 and it or actually no because i the, the price mm-hmm. of the playstation might even be more in japan i don't know mm-hmm. yeah um so hopefully yeah we'll see what happens but uh it's at least doing decent doing better than i think they expected so hopefully they continue that growth and don't you know mess up um yeah so the actual feel-good story of the week is we found out the new voice of Mario and Luigi. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Kevin Afghani. Uh, it seems like he doesn't have many credits to his name. The mm-hmm. only one I found was um, he did a voice for of a character named Arnold in Genshin Impact. 
I I haven't <laughs> played Genshin Impact, so no. I don't know who this character is. I don't know if it's a minor mm-hmm. character or a major one, but that was really his only like major role. Um, mm-hmm. I was confused because I guess he did some kind of fan project for Dragon Ball. It was called like Dragon Ball R and R, and he voiced Raditz. And I was like, what the heck is this thing? Um, but it was just like a fan thing. So, um, but I mean, cool. I, I, he sounds like Mario, so I'm guessing they went with him not because of his resume, but just because he sounded like Mario, which is kind of all you want. So, you know, yeah. but it's cool. I'm glad that this kind of guy who really hasn't gotten a whole lot of exposure gets to, you know, have his, you know. Pretty much, yeah, he is now. He gets to blow um, up. He's now yeah. Mario. I mean, in all honesty, um, unless he gets accused of something really bad or does yeah. something really bad, he could be set for life. Yeah. Like, he has just... very wholesome, large, wholesome shoes to fill with Martinet. Absolutely. Like, Martinet was a guy that he didn't get much recognition until recently, but he just instantly became beloved once he started getting that attention. And um, it's one of those things where it's like, I think that's probably something Nintendo's also, like, going to keep a very close eye on. Like, hey, like, like, how much of a risk do we think this person could be? How, um, and then also, like, yeah, making sure that it's like, hey, dude, don't do anything to screw this up. Because yeah. I don't think Nintendo wants... Nintendo, honestly, I can't think of, like, any really big, like, controversies for Nintendo associated with people. Obviously, there are controversies associated with things like Joy-Con Drift and things like that. Um, yeah, but I think that's by design. Like, exactly. I, I mean, because name, there's like, I could name like, like five people mm-hmm. kind of associated with Nintendo, you know, Reggie, um, yeah. Miyamoto, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Onuma, um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm sh- sure there's more, or Sakurai. Yeah, of uh, course. But those, and I, so Doug I guess Bowser there's now. more. Yeah, Doug Bowser. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met him. I got to shake his hand. Oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, I have a picture with Doug Bowser when I went oh. to Nintendo Life. Um, mm-hmm. He was very nice. He asked me if I was having fun and what I liked about it, and I told him it was great, and he was happy. He seems like a nice guy. But that's but awesome. I think yeah. Um, but but I think that yeah, Nintendo is very averse to you. Know, you know, they don't want yeah risk like, people people exactly. who are potential risks. And I think that's why they don't want. They don't like that the voice of Mario is a big deal because they don't want <laughs> they don't want a story about how the voice of Mario is a monster. And yeah, um, so, yeah, I'm uh, I hope that we never read that story. And I hope. Oh, that, God, no, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, the I only hope... monsters I want to hear about in Mario are the Goombas and the and Koopas the <laughs> and then the bullet bills and the booze. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, again, uh, congrats to him. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. I'm sure that you know he. Yeah, I I just think that's cool. I, I'm sure yeah. he's really excited, and uh, I hope that Nintendo treats him well because I kind of yeah. have a feeling they may not. But really, <laughs> I don't know. I, mean... I just I, I the more that this has gone on, the more it seemed like maybe they didn't. They were at the end. They kind of screwed over Martinet. So mm-hmm. I just hope that that you know. I hope that this is like at the beginning of his career. And mm-hmm. that he's able to, like, yeah, kind of get some roles and that it's not just like, okay, you were Mario in this one game, now bye, we never hear from this guy. You know, I'm sure that oh, this yeah. is like a dream come true for him. So I hope that I hope that he's able to kind of, 
yeah, I hope that this works out for him and that yeah, Nintendo I hope so as well. Um, um, well, that's all the news I got this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to take a break or do you want to just go right into our game of the week discussion about Resident Evil 7 Biohazard? Uh, I would like to take a break real quick because I really got to go to the bathroom. Okay. You all right, even. Could have just said yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, if you're listening to this, it won't even matter. It'll be like we never went anywhere. But just no. know that we are taking a break. We'll be right, right back. Okay. All right. And we're back. Um, see? It's like we never even went anywhere. Um, <laughs> so we're going to get right into our game of the week discussion about Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Um, so as per usual, Noah, real quick impressions. What do you like? What do you not like? Who would you recommend it to? Um, I like the atmosphere. Atmosphere was incredible. Uh, gameplay was a bit lacking in some regards. And I would recommend it to anybody that wants like a decent survival horror game. Uh, yeah, I think that that's fair. I, I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I really like... Uh, I think it does a good job of kind of modernizing Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does a good job of kind of taking like the original Resident Evil... Um, and marrying it to like kind of the current crop of survival horror games like outlast Mm -hmm. and amnesia Mm -hmm. um uh as far as what i don't like certain sections of the game are stronger than others yeah like noticeably um Uh but i i think i still would recommend this to most people who are looking for um you know a survival horror game that's more than just running around um Mm -hmm. but who who did you know who 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 do like kind of those outlast type of games mm-hmm. um so with that being said um we're gonna go into full spoilers now so mm-hmm. if you still haven't played this game and you don't want to know anything about it um you can stop listening now we'll be back next week um but if you want to know everything we're gonna say then we start now so um yeah i um i like i like this game a lot um, So. Oh, go ahead. Uh, real quick. Um, so before we talk about the game, can we talk about the advertisement and the build-up to the game first? If you have something specific you want to yes, say about that, the go demo. ahead. Cause... Yes, the demo. Oh, the demo. Yeah, the demo was... Yeah, I do remember the demo. Yeah. I remember the... I thought the demo was, like, the greatest way to generate hype for this game because it was Resident Evil, like, the last mainline entry was 6, a lot of people didn't like it, and so I thought that that was really cool. They're like, "Hey, we got this teaser," and it was like, "Okay, that was like just okay. That was cool. It was a teaser." And then like a month or so later, it was like, "Hey, there's an update for the teaser. Just a heads up." And oh, it's yeah. like, "Okay, it's really not that different." But yeah, the first teaser. Like... You're right. The first teaser, I was like, "Okay, this is kind of lame. Nothing really <laughs> happened." But okay. Yeah. Um, and then you're right. They did update it. Yeah, and there was, like, all they did was they put in, like, a mannequin finger. Like, what's the purpose of this? And I remember in, back then a lot of people were like, is the next Resident Evil game going to have combat or not? And then it was like, um... And then, um, yeah, like, it was like, okay, like, they added, like, a new room or something, but there's still this, this mannequin finger that we have no idea for it. And then at one point it's like, oh, you can now get a gun... 
And then, like, the last version, um, there's an enemy that, depending on if you got hit or not, it would actually change the game's ending. And so, um, it was, I thought that was a really great way of generating hype. And I thought it oh, fit very sorry. well. Oh, not puppy. about something. No, she was like, I didn't think it was good at all. I don't like Resident Evil. I hate Resident Evil. You take that back. Yeah, you Leon fight dogs bust. in that game. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah. I think, because it was cool, because people didn't really know what to expect. And I no, think, not at all. I think that the demo played on kind of those, like, those mm-hmm. fears and anxieties. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a Resident Evil game. Of course it's going to have combat. And then the at first the Why demo didn't it? and it's like oh well, maybe it won't and then by the end it's like oh okay no it will um mm-hmm. and it also just kind of i think went and showed kind of very early on it set the tone mm-hmm. like this is not you know escape from raccoon city or the mansion no. or whatever this is like you know it's a more personal game and it is a more personal it, game mm-hmm. um you know you've got the specific enemies and it was i think generally um pretty successful successful enough to where they did it again for village i mean village Mm -hmm. follows a very similar format where you've got you know exactly the enemies ahead of time and Mm -hmm. and each one kind of has their own distinct area um Mm -hmm. and yeah and um go ahead yeah and even then like um a lot of people are like yeah this game uh seems to take a lot of inspiration from uh texas chainsaw massacre and then like um village kind of did that similar but with like uh classic monsters instead like oh um instead of making one game based around a movie they made sections based around a type of monster which yeah that's a that's kind of a good point whereas this game is uh whereas biohazard is is like yeah almost like an homage to like slashers Mm -hmm. um village is more of an homage to like yeah kind of like stereotypical monsters which is, Mm -hmm. is interesting um yeah and we'll try to stick mostly to Biohazard. We won't bring Village in too much, but it is hard to yeah. talk about one without talking about the other because they are very uh-huh. similar. Exactly. Um, but I, um, I think, like, it, the problem that I have with Seven is that the opening of that game, that first biome, I guess, mm-hmm. level world section, yeah. is biome. so good. The Baker House is so good. The Baker mm-hmm. House is better than any section in seven or village yeah uh i would agree with that um like not like yeah i'd uh, agree with that dimitrescu's castle is very good too um and so is the the second area in the factory the factory or the uh the house the house um yeah like the okay yeah i would agree with that because um i feel like the castle was really fun but it really wasn't that scary, and then the um, the house. I think it was the guest house, but no, the, I think the guest house. No, was it was but... the. It was just like the like it was we'll just, just like say a the mansion. Ghost, the ghost person. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was really scary, but there was zero combat. So yeah. I think the the, the Baker, Baker house... house was a good mix. Yeah. Um. um oh, go ahead. Whatever you're gonna say. No, I thought no, you were that, done. that's what I'd say. So yeah, no, I, I was... think I would agree with that. Yeah, and and again, that's not to say like um like other sections is well i think honestly i don't think any section in um village is bad um i think there are certain bad sections of seven yeah um like the boat 
the boat is like the boat's bad. The like, boat is bad. Um, and even like the final section of the game, like the boat kind of just derails the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and even like the greenhouse going from mm-hmm. the baker house to the greenhouse, I still liked it, but it's such like a drop in quality. And then when you yeah. go do like the sun section, it returns a little bit. Um, yeah. The sun. Is I like sim- the sun section. The sun section is good. It's similar to mm. the house in yeah. village in that it's less combat focused, more just like straight horror, which I mm-hmm. think works in those games because it breaks it up a little bit. Um, yeah. Cause you don't know what to expect. But mm-hmm. the Baker House is just so far and away better than anything else in those games mm-hmm. that, like, even it, even when you've got the section like the Suns that's still mm-hmm. really good, it still just doesn't hold up. When you've got like just an average section like the Greenhouse and then a bad section like the Boat, <laughs> it makes the whole game just like almost fall apart. Yeah, like it's... I I. I could see myself replaying pretty much any Resident Evil game. I don't think I'll ever replay seven. I'll probably play through the the Baker House again, but I'll never play mm-hmm. through the game start to finish. Yeah, um, and I could see that too. Um, I did really like the game for the time, but um, yeah. To I be think clear, that... I really like the game still, but mm-hmm. but um, back on it, it has weaknesses. And especially like playing in a game, the game does feel um a little clunky. Uh, I remember uh, one of my friends and I were talking about it, and uh, before uh, Village even came out, he was like, oh, yeah, like, I was playing the game again, and, um, yeah, like, it, it's a little clunky, which, um, of course, Resident Evil's not really known for its smoothness. Oh, yeah, so it's, like, it's, it's, like, made by Bungie, it's so, <laughs> it just feels, it feels so good. Yeah, but, um, but that's kind of the point of the game. Whereas uh, Village kind of made it feel more smooth, but not, like, removing all of it. Village kind of feels more like a Resident Evil 4. Like, it's smooth, but it's not, like, it doesn't take away from it. Yeah, that's the best way of saying it. It's refined. Which makes makes sense, because, you know, Ethan and... It kind of makes sense that Biohazard... is is, Is the official title of Resident Evil 7 Biohazard? I believe so. It's uh yeah, Resident Evil Seven Biohazard, Resident Evil Eight Village. Okay, I wasn't sure. I always just thought it was Resident Evil Seven. I thought Biohazard was just like a fun thing that they did. Um, Probably a bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of makes sense that Seven is um like clunkier because mm-hmm. Ethan's just a dude. Like yeah. Whereas in Village, you know, he's still just a dude, but he's mm-hmm. a dude who's now gone toe to toe with like little monsters. So it makes sense mm-hmm. that he'd actually. And I'm not excusing it. That doesn't make yeah. it any more fun to play. But thematically, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, even then, like, I don't think Chris played, like, I think even Chris was still a little clunky as well. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I'm just saying in terms of, like, village feeling better. Yeah, than, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. It is. It, it, I don't think it was intentional. No. Because, you, like you said, Chris would, by that point, Chris actually, sh- Chris legitimately should feel like Call of Duty to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which the man punches I, boulders. I do appreciate that um, they pretty much, the Chris sections are essentially like a first person Resident Evil 4 or 5. Like, you would shoot a molded and then you would run up and do a melee attack. And I was like, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, the Not a Hero the- DLC was really cool. Yeah, I did like the I did like the Not a Hero DLC. Um, mm-hmm. It it was cool and it was um, it, it helped bring and it was free, wasn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, there was two DLCs. Uh, well, there were several DLC packs, but the two big DLCs was Not a Hero and End of Zoe, which End of Zoe you had to pay for. Not a Hero was free. Yeah, I didn't play End of Zoe, but I did play Not a Hero. And mm-hmm. yeah, I did like that. Uh, so um, I did like that it kind of it 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 strengthened that connection to the Resident Evil franchise because mm-hmm. for most of the game. Biohazard does not feel like a Resident. I mean, well, even no. the entire game, it never feels like a Resident Evil game. No. But then towards the end, you kind of get those connections, and you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is in the same universe." Um, so kind of getting the the DLC and tying it a little bit closer mm-hmm. is appreciated. Um, yeah. And obviously, seeing Chris kind of show up at the end um, and helping you out mm-hmm. that all helps. Still, doesn't feel like a Resident Evil game, which isn't necessarily a bad thing no um because what i like kind of a bit of a tangent i like that capcom was like well we'll do these you know these these sequel games mm-hmm. that are its own thing they're going to be pretty different they're going to feel different mm-hmm. and while we're doing this we'll remake you know two three and four to give you mm-hmm. modern classic resident evil and i think that yeah. that's worked out well you know kind of having these two pillars i personally prefer the kind of classic stuff mm-hmm. but i still like both yeah and um and like even the thing going back to six it's like i felt like six six they kind of went too far because it was like you get a leon campaign you get a chris campaign yeah, they you tried get to a please campaign, everyone and didn't Barrow please anyone and, Cheryl, and you play as uh like albert wesker's son or something like that uh you get an ada campaign and it just yeah like whenever you start getting off the rails like that it always is a good idea to just take a step back okay oh yeah whenever whenever you come out with like this applies to anything it's smart that they took a step back and reevaluated the franchise i'm not to be clear i think it works i think Mm, absolutely i think that there's just like um some weaknesses inherent i i think that like it almost like if they had just released like the baker house and like the final campaign and just Mm -hmm. released it as like a 30 dollar kind of standalone thing Mm-hmm. I think it'd probably be better. Yeah. Um because the Baker House I, is a like it is the longest <laughs> the section anyway. Well yeah, it's the longest and, section. I yeah, and just even like looking back, like the Baker House has so many iconic moments, like um like the part when yeah, he like starts taking like the hammer and destroys the walls. Um the entire part with the cop car where you try to run over him. Yeah. And then it ends in a chainsaw battle. Yeah, like I don't um, remember I don't really remember any boss fight from that game except for Jack. I remember Jack and I remember um the mom had like the little sack thingy and I uh, believe yeah, you had to remember. use the flamethrower. Yeah. And the final boss, if I remember correctly, it was like a room filled with like Yeah, I do remember yeah. the final boss. But but Jack was the best boss. Jack was he's also Jack, just like uh yeah. the most like kind of terrifying. Oh, well, absolutely. Like, you, there are several times where I was like, he should be dead by now, but he's not. And you don't Whereas, know why. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Because at that point, you are kind of like, oh, he's just like, I am just kidnapped by the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then yeah. you're like, and then clearly, you very quickly learn, no, this is <laughs> Resident Evil for a reason. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. Even just like the layout of the house, like, mm-hmm. it, when you think of Resident Evil 7, Mm-hmm. you you think of the house you don't think of the greenhouse or the swamp no. or the boat you think, you think of, of the, house. the baker house uh-huh. um 
one like, thing oh go ahead I, yeah, I was so gonna kind maybe, of move on maybe you'll think of the shack from the demo but you definitely think but of even how, that's so close I, to the baker house yeah that just feels like the part baker of the house baker. pretty cool yeah it, it really does that just feels like if you went out in their backyard <laughs> yeah <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, um and even like I, and and I know that we're kind of being a little negative about the game. Yeah. Um, but one thing I also think this game does really well is the, mm -hmm. the VR mode. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this is probably like the best like horror VR game. Period. Uh, I, I'm not going to agree or disagree because I've never played any other. I haven't gone horror... far and that's why I think it's the best one. Like I played, <laughs> I played like until dawn rush of blood. And that well, was fine. That was, that was but i feel like i'm sure there's like oculus horror games that are like great um so i'm not going to agree I or disagree with that i can yeah and maybe maybe it's just my own thing i can't see myself i could see myself probably playing a lot of vr horror games mm -hmm. i i can't like i i i know i'll never be able to play seven yeah just it's Them. it's too freaky like it is just like the atmosphere I played a little bit of it and even just walking to the house, like, and I know <laughs> nothing's going to jump out at me. It's just the environment and the, um, like atmosphere is just, it they just makes it. your skin crawl. They nailed it. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's something to be said. Yeah. Um, and, and I like that they're, that's like now their thing. Like now every Resident Evil has a horror game. But I, I mm -hmm. could see myself playing through Village. I think it'd be cool to like run around Lady D's castle. Yeah, that um that'd be awesome. Um the the, uh, the house would be really scary though. The house would be tough, but that's yeah. like a short section. I could get through it. Yeah. I don't I and can I get mean, through the Baker house. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Um but yeah, no, it was I remember I did the Not a Hero DLC in VR and I did some of the uh, main game. I never finished it though. I was like, yeah, this game's uh yeah, and uh, it, I, I like I said, I haven't really played many VR games, horror VR games, so I can't say like, oh, it for sure is the best. But I did enjoy it. It's it is a good VR game. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else you kind of want to talk about with this game? Mm. I mean, I think Ethan's the a grandma. Cool... Uh, I kind of yeah. want to talk about the grandma. I remember so. Um, for those of you who don't know, like. There's the Baker family, which is there's Jack Baker, who's the dad. Um, and then there's the mom, the son, Zoe, whom like she has the infection, but she's not like it doesn't really affect her too much, so she actually helps you out. Um, and then there's the grandma. And the grandma how just was, like how was the girlfriend related again? She worked for like an umbrella like organization and so Mia's she was her this name, was right? yeah and yeah. um it was um pretty much like um she worked this was the entire boat section she like worked yeah, for well, the that's um, why i don't remember it because that's like yeah, sucked <laughs> yeah so um she pretty much like worked for an umbrella type of organization and then um like yeah she was on this boat transporting um the mold who was like this little girl or like the old woman and then um she the boat like crashed it got out uh everything started getting infected 
and that's when she sends the message to Ethan, like, hey, don't come looking for me. Yeah, that's right. And then I remember um and then if I remember correctly, she didn't get to send it. Uh she got infected by the mold along with the 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 boat crash by the Baker family. And so that's how she was kind of like in that situation. And then I believe like it got sent to Ethan and it was like, well, said not to come looking, but this is the like last thing I've heard my wife in like four years. So I'm going to investigate it. And so that was how she was kind of involved. And then, um, yeah, which I, this is something I found funny online. So a lot of people were like, this is something that actually is pretty stupid. Um, there's a part where you get, so you get a cure, and I believe, like, you inject yourself with it, and then you get another one, and you have to choose between Mia or Zoe, and, um, if you choose Zoe, you get the bad ending, um, it's essentially you guys both get on a boat and leave, and if you choose Mia, you get, like, two extra chapters in the game, and on the one hand, people are, like, it's like, why would you choose Zoe? like from a character yeah exactly and it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't make any logical sense to choose zoe but at the same time it is like kind of dumb they give you the choice like there's not really a reason for it like if literally the only difference is you just get in a boat and leave like it's really not a perp like no point for it. It makes much more sense. It doesn't make any Ethan. story sense. It doesn't make any yeah. character sense. It's not yeah. even like a real ending. I mean, you get to avoid the boat section, don't you? Yeah, so maybe in some maybe ways that's that why. is maybe a good they ending. Knew. Maybe they knew. But you also don't get to meet Chris Redfield. <laughs> that's true. So then you don't even know it's a Resident Evil game. Yeah, exactly. And no mentions of Umbrella. It's just, yep, you dip, leave, yeah. and that's it. Um, and you don't get to play the Not a Hero DLC. Or, I mean, yeah, the Not a Hero well, DLC is like an alternate reality. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's just um, like it's an alternate reality. Yeah. Chris was just, where Chris just, just doing his own thing, as mm-hmm. usual. Yeah, the uh, saving Zoe is actually the canon in the game. Uh, yeah. Resident <laughs> Evil 8 is not canon. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's all fan um, Yeah, so there's that. And it's like, I don't get why people would choose Zoe, but at the same time, it is kind of pointless yeah it's just dumb i mean i feel like that's just the thing in games now it's like well we've got to give choice it's like yeah no you 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 don't some games can just be a linear story and that's okay as e40 once said everybody's got choices everybody does got choices but (laughs) sometimes we don't need to make them sometimes not no oftentimes um it's unnecessary and yeah so that was a thing um then you want to talk about the grandma too yeah, so the grandma. Um, I didn't realize the grandma was alive at first. Um, I thought she was just like dead. Yeah, I think and... that's kind of by by design. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then um, you actually messaged me um when like said she was alive. I was like, God damn it! Like I didn't know that. Like, thanks for the spoiler. But then like every time I passed the grandma and I realized she was alive, I was like, Oh, I don't like this. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's almost like, like worse if you know yeah, she's alive. It, it is much worse because she's just sitting there doing nothing. And it's like, whereas in the past, be like, oh yeah, it's just a corpse. It's just a corpse. Um, it's not going to go anywhere. Now but it's like, no. what? I don't like this now. Like, ugh. Yeah. So yeah. So that was the thing, and I was like, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but yeah and so and that's i think that kind of like the game has just so many good ideas but mm-hmm. then it just gets bogged down with the ideas that aren't as good yeah exactly um and so yeah and i feel like um that's one of those things even though uh village is a more refined experience um i think that maybe they had a lot of really good ideas in seven and they just kind of like maybe put it out a bit too early um i don't even think it's uh, yeah i think it's i think i don't know if they necessarily put it out too early because it's like i i I don't mean it like that i mean it like um maybe what i mean to say is I'm curious how this would have come out if they did Village first and then Biohazard, if that makes sense. Like if they did like the movie monster game first yeah, and then the exactly. slasher one. Yeah. yeah, I I kind of agree with you. I think it would have been cool because, you know, uh, like in Village, we get like the vampire and the swamp monster and the... Mm-hmm metal monster i guess well like... we got like uh so it was supposed to be like vampires um swamp monsters ghosts and then like um frankenstein okay that makes sense yeah, yeah. I, I i i wish that like they would have done that you know mm-hmm. for Biohazard. didn't get a mummy dlc i don't know yeah that would have been <laughs> actually cool um i like it would have been cool if we got you know if the baker house was texas chainsaw massacre and then Mm -hmm. you know you are in like a suburban area and then you that's when you get like the you know like that would have been like the halloween like one and then you know be the lake which is um yeah yeah, like friday 13th and then like uh you know like a section and like freddy krueger type of thing like it would have been cool last section because it's like okay the game's not going to be scary we can go balls to the walls now would be like a dream nightmare on elm street section that yeah, would be awesome or even yeah i think that that would have been cool is instead of just like and they kind of do that with like saw like the the sun yeah. section is kind of saw like and i think that uh-huh. that's why that section works but it's mm-hmm. like the greenhouse section isn't really pulling it from anything the boat sure as hell isn't no like, the boat I was think just... it would have been cool if they if they wanted to do a, a game inspired by slashers, they should mm-hmm. have done a game inspired by slashers. Yeah, and I they, they didn't really. agree. Mm-hmm. And um, I highly agree. Um, I will say this, though, to be fair, that is a very American perspective that we have of being like, oh, that'd be cool if everything was inspired by slashers because uh, slashers are much bigger um, horror like genre in America than in Japan. Um, but, but I, don't, I don't think that that's unreasonable because the first section is clearly inspired by Chainsaw Massacre, which yeah. is very American. Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, the game's it's called Texas. It's, yeah, even every Resident Evil game takes place Tokyo, in America. Chainsaw Massacre. Oh man, that that sounds like it would be a drastically different like style of film. It would be like a grindhouse type. Yeah, of that'd film be like a black like comedy a almost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like a Tokyo Gore Police. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh so yeah that's um yeah i do agree um and i think think there's actually like a game that's made by like uh it's a new game that's being made by like pseudo 51 and um swear uh, yeah yeah that game which that actually is kind of like slasher inspired as well so i guess it's one of those things where it's like huh like yeah you can make games based upon it but yeah that would have been really cool if um 
yeah, they did kind of do it. I do think having a Halloween section, like a more suburban section, would have been very difficult because, like, yeah, you could because going from like a the Baker House to like an abandoned campground that could make sense. But um, yeah, I do think as cool as the suburban area would be, um, that would have been very difficult to put in. Um, yeah, which yeah. But which that now that I think about it, not really many horror like games or anything take place in like a suburban city. Like Alan Wake does. Not uh, suburban. Not suburban. That's gonna be Alan now, Wake Two. Well, Alan Wake Two. Alan Wake Two is gonna be a suburban city. Not suburban. Like a suburban just a area? city. Just oh, a okay. city. Yeah, because there's a lot of like stories that take place in city, like Resident Evil Two and Three, for example. Yeah, I guess um, you're right. Cities, suburban but, areas aren't very common. You know what? Uh, State of Decay kind of does. Oh, I didn't know that. A little um, bit. I mean, it's there's a suburban area. It's cool. Oh, yeah. I think uh, I think that'd be cool to play uh, like horror game set in a suburban area. That'd be really interesting. I think, but no, I agree regardless, getting off topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I I'm I'm okay with wrapping it up unless there was something else you wanted to talk about. I guess we'll talk briefly about uh the found footage DLC, which um. I think that was also kind of cool, and um, going back to like the Saw inspiration, it was pretty much essentially like um, I don't know. There's if I like played just, this. Uh, you didn't. Um, okay, I didn't so... even. Um, oh well, that wasn't why. <laughs> well, because the idea is kind of interesting. Like, um, they are kind of like little mini side stories, and kind of, um. Yeah, kind of focused once again on like the saw aspect, which oh, is a cool I, I did play idea. this. No, I think I did play this. I did play this. Well, there was I, so there was sections or was this in a the section game, in the game that was the same? There were sections yeah, in the okay, game like no, that, like two or three, and then they also did DLC that was similar uh, to it as okay, well. Okay, I'd rather talk about the sections in the game because those aren't okay, in the game, yeah, and that's it's the fair, same that's thing. Fair. Um, those sections are cool, you know, finding a tape and like it was. I mean, yeah, you talk about how it would have been difficult doing a suburban mm-hmm. area. Could have just been a really <laughs> long tape. Where he just found a tape, and it's a suburban area. And That's the, true. That's uh, a good point. But but the cool thing about the tapes is, yeah, it was it was other. Um, it was basically just like other sections of the game or other time, mm-hmm. and so it it kind of like things were the same. Like you, because it's a Resident Evil game, you're running around mm-hmm. in the area, yeah, you know, and kind of exploring it, and you're getting a little bit more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And the found footage sections kind of turned those on its head because you knew these areas, but they were just slightly different. And so you didn't know what was going to happen because you know the aftermath, but you don't know what's coming. So it kind of like those sections, I think are pretty creepy too. Mm -hmm. Um, Those sections are really good, especially again, the Baker house ones where you're kind of exploring the house and you know that there's like these things in there, but you don't know what. Well, Um, go ahead. Well, it was also really cool how they kind of tied the, some of the found footage to the demo and like the exactly, demo to yeah. the main game. Like, um, like that was the thing. The first found footage you find is the um, like one where it's the TV show, and yeah, you learn about your guy's name Clancy, and then you investigate the house, and then at one point it's like, hey, where's like that one guy, and then um you find him like down in the uh, basement and then like the demo section chronologically like the demo section took place after that and in the main game like if you're supposed to get the good ending in the demo in the main game you actually find like a newspaper article that's like clancy 
was the cameraman, he, like, um, or maybe this was at the end of the demo, but it was something like they went to the, like, house and found no evidence of people living there. Um, and so it was really cool how, like, they tied it up, and then in the main game, you found, like, a brochure for, um, like, the TV show, and that was really cool how, like, they tied all that together. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I did like mm-hmm. that, how it was kind of giving you a little bit more world building in this very small mm-hmm. section of this larger, like, Resident Evil world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I've got nothing else to say about the game. Nope, uh, I agree. I think that's a good uh, uh, time to wrap it up. Okay, so in your opinion, does this make the list? Nope. Yep, I'm kind of in agreement. I, again, not to say it's bad. If this were like no. a top 150, I think it'd probably make it. But for me... Um, I don't even know if this is in like my top five Resident Evils. No, if all five of those would make it on the list. Uh, And like we kind of alluded to, Village is the better game. Village has a better Uh shot of getting on this list. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Village will get on the list. I don't either. (laughs) But But, uh... but the fact that I don't know if Village will get on the list, that's a better game, means that I don't think Biohazard has a shot. Well, I think it doesn't have a ghost of a chance. Um, well, I think also it's kind of funny how, like, last week we talked about Luigi's Mansion, and prior to it, we both were like, yeah, this game's not getting on the list. But over time, we talked about it. We were like, huh. We like, came to the realization that it needed to be on the list. Yeah. Whereas this was like, I it's very similar. Like, I was like, oh, um, yeah, it's not going to be on, the, like, the list. And just talking about like the problems i completely forgot about like the boat section until you mentioned like there are some sections weaker than others i was like oh yeah i forgot about the boat um and yeah so yeah that's one of the things where i was like yeah we talked about it and kind of once again like reiterated yeah not really going to be on the list um whereas yeah so yeah (laughs) not on the list sorry resident evil 7 biohazard you did not make it, but I'm sure that there will be at least a couple Resident Evil games on this list. Yeah, uh, there's got to be at least one. Yes. Maybe two. I think there will be. Yeah, I think there will be a couple. I um, think there's going to be 12. You're gonna, there's going to be 12 of them? Yeah, there's going to the, be uh, Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, uh, 0, Operation Raccoon City, Revelations, Dead Aim and Outbreak 2. You forgot the movie. Uh oh yeah, Resident Evil Degeneration or whatever it was called. No, I'm talking uh, about like the Mila Jovovich Resident Evil oh, movie. Oh, well, the funny thing is, the Damnation or whatever the first animated movie was, there actually was like a mobile game for it. Oh, so yeah, that's going to be on the list. You also forgot Deadly Silence. Well, that's just a remake of one. <laughs> nah, but it's it's got that sweet DS yeah <laughs> i love that's my favorite video game naming convention ever all the ds that was so, castlevania dawn of sorrow uh that was ninja gaiden so... dragon sword uh yeah it was uh advanced wars dual strike yeah oh, that was this... such a fun naming convention was so good oh um, man anyway uh so yeah. uh no what have you been playing um I've been playing the uh, Modern Warfare 3 beta uh, whenever oh, really? I can. Yeah. Um, so I, um, so I, every week I've been playing Baldur's Gate. I'm kind of at a difficult part, and the game's not pulling me like it used to. So 
taking a little bit of a break. And um, yeah, I downloaded the Modern Warfare 3 beta, and I'm having a blast with it, actually. Uh, Call of Duty is a game that, like, I'll ignore it for a couple of years, play it again randomly, and I'll be like, hey, this game, I forgot how fun this game is. Uh, I, I, that's kind of how I interact with Call of Duty too. I actually have been meaning to kind of try out the beta, so thanks for reminding me. I might have yeah, to get um, on that. And I will try say it out. this: so uh, I primarily use like the handgun, which um, that's my main weapon, and um, it's a little disappointing. There's no just semi-automatic handgun. There's like an SMG. There's like a Uzi, and then like a three-round burst one. And in order for me to get a sight for the three-round burst one, I have to. Uh, level up a different gun to level oh, 12 that's... and i get why they do it and i i can appreciate that like it's like hey try out other weapons yeah see what you like but i just want to use my handguns like no oh, i can see how um, that's kind of frustrating yeah and i will say that uh another thing i think would really cool so they got rid of the knife in the game which okay i get it um a lot of people didn't like the knife um so now you have to like melee people twice to kill them Oh, I that's think weird. you should at least still. Um, I think a couple of Call of Duties have actually done it. Um, I think that would be cool if you could still get a knife attachment for the handgun. Because I remember that was the thing. You could have like the knife in one hand and the gun in the other. Just a quick knife. I think they should at least bring that back. And yeah, I'm not and just it... saying that because I like <laughs> using the handgun. I'm no, saying I, that because I... I like using the handguns and I like using the knives. Yeah, I think that makes more sense too. Yeah, that's weird. Because yeah. knifing was always yeah. a thing. Um. And yeah, it just I, I'm glad cool too. Yeah, well, I'm glad yeah. you're at least liking it. Like I said, I've yeah, been meaning to get on I'm it and check time. it out. And now that you know Xbox, or now that Call of Duty is owned by Microsoft, hopefully they just add yeah. that to the Call of Duties to Game Pass, and I can just play them that way, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, well, uh, I something I heard uh, rumored that one of my coworkers was talking about, but I was like, I don't think that's true. But after thinking about it, it's like maybe uh, the next Call of Duty game will be like Black Ops something like black ops 2025 or something yeah whatever um, four or five yeah and it's um pretty much that's going to be like the definitive call of duty and then they'll just update it and i was like with the microsoft buyout like maybe that's what they're doing but it makes more sense yeah i mean they barely got they barely got three out this year i mean there were reports at the beginning of the year that three wasn't going to make it that's why yeah. I'm pretty sure three is just made up. The new game is made up of just old maps because they just did not have people to design <laughs> maps. But who well, knows? I mean, taking good maps, it's not a bad idea. I mean, it's not a bad yeah. I mean, and they, if it works, Microsoft may just say, "See, we can we can just build this as a platform." Live service games. Yep. If a live service game works, it works. And mm -hmm. Call of Duty is one that can definitely pull its weight up there. Yep. Well, it has been with Warzone. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, but what about you, Sam? What have you been playing? So last week I flew to Seattle, and I flew yep. standby. So as I was, I got to the airport pretty early, and as I was waiting for my flight, I got to the final boss in Xenoblade Chronicles Three. <laughs> and then as I sat down on the plane, I started the boss, and then mm -hmm. I beat him a couple of minutes before we landed. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> How long was that flight? Like an hour and 45 minutes. Jeez. The final boss in Xenoblade between the cutscenes and every... I didn't beat him. I beat. I, I rolled credits. So that's how long oh, everything okay. in that game took. It took about an hour and 45 minutes from the entering the room with the final boss to rolling the credits. 
uh, yeah. which is still just wild. A long time. Uh, I remember, yeah, like, um, I once saw the ending and such online. I was like, oh, this seems pretty long, but <sighs> it's so wild. Yeah, I, um, but I, I liked the game. It was good. It, it went on too long. The Xenoblade, this one in particular, I'm sure the other ones have the same issue, where it's just like, the cutscenes go on longer than they have to. Mm-hmm. Like you get the point of what they're doing and then they go on for another like three minutes and it's like, come mm-hmm. on. But I mean, I, I like the game. All the characters are really good. Um, but yeah, so I wrapped that up on Saturday. It's and like some other games, they know how to name a main character. <laughs> that is true. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I wrapped that up. And since then on my Switch, I've been playing, I went back to my Pixel remasters. So I'm on Final Fantasy V. Um which I'm enjoying. I don't like it as much as four, mm-hmm. um, but I also really liked four. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to kind of get through it uh, and then I can get started on six and then haven't really played any street fighter, but I've been playing the overwatch um, Halloween stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I, I'm having a lot of fun with that. They did like, they've added like a Diablo mode, which is, it's kind of fun. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. It's kind of fun. So it's like, as you, you you can pick like one of like six characters and as you um beat like the bosses in the mode you can get like perks for your abilities and then you can also get like upgrades and things it's it's just like kind of their fun halloween mode um so be join it the remnants been... of the uh single player that they canceled <laughs> yeah, well no that that they charge for uh, oh. yeah my fiance did buy it and she yeah she was actually like she liked it like mm-hmm. and of course it ends on a cliffhanger Mm. like it ends with like Widowmaker about to like assassinate somebody or something oh, <laughs> and she's like and she thought it was coming out like the week after so she's like yeah I can't wait till next week and I was like oh no you'll have to wait till next season <laughs> oh. maybe because I actually know that you have to wait longer because this this is the new season and it's not there so yeah oh, that game is I, it's fun like it's like I have fun when I'm playing it when I'm when I have like a group mm-hmm. I have a group I play with yeah um and it's fun when I play with them but if I were to play it by myself it'd be miserable but um yeah I mean, I feel like that's just Blizzard games. It's like, it's fun, but it could have been more fun. Yeah, you're not wrong. But then, uh, yeah, this week we've got uh, Spider-Man. Oh, actually, I I played one other game that I'll talk about briefly. So I um, I started kind of doing like some um, some writing stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the site I work for, um, I'm not going to say what it is just because I haven't really started yet. Okay. But they, one of the guys is, was doing a review and he needed to try out the multiplayer. So they gave me a code for this game so I could try it out. And mm-hmm. it's called Wildcard Football. <laughs> and it's it's kind of like I, I'm not a football guy. It's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. It's basically mm-hmm. just like a football game, but you have perks like oh so every every like turn you get like you get like five random cards and you have like a meter that you could choose like what like and you can only use so many perks but they do like like some of them are just like your guys run twice as fast your guys do like yeah this but some of them just do like wild things like one of them straight up just placed bumpers near the end zone so if the <laughs> like opposing team gets close they'd have to like like run around these bumpers um <laughs> But yeah, so I played that. I I didn't play it for very long just because I don't like football games. But I was like, oh, yeah. this is kind of yeah, this is kind of cool. Well, it's kind of like the um, premise of it. Yeah, well, um, it's kind of like uh, for a long time people have been like, man, we need some more arcadey sports games back. Yeah, it's one hundred percent in that vein. 
that's awesome that sounds that's cool yeah so check out wildcard football if you're tired of the boring old madden yeah um but yeah so that's it um all right so that we're about wrapping up is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here um yeah so i mean um i i guess i'll plug like the uh the package box in my apartment um it was kind of a little bit of a hassle at first but now like i got it and it's actually really cool because it's like i don't need to worry about a delivery like being home for a delivery don't gotta go to like a store for an amazon locker all it is is i just go downstairs plug in the number like my little code thing and then all my amazon packages are in there so yeah that's really nice and convenient good i am glad (laughs) um uh well i have some stuff to plug um thank you to pecan pie on upbeat for our intro and outro songs if you did like this podcast please give us a rating interview and follow us so that more people can check us out and find us um if you didn't like us maybe let us know why and we can try to make it better um you can find other episodes of this podcast on spotify apple podcast and google podcast um and you can find me on twitch at smesty i my hope is that uh we can i'm gonna stream uh us two plus zach from episode two and then another friend of mine playing dead by daylight tomorrow which would be saturday um and then we will talk about that as our weekly game next week so that's the tentative plan um i hope that that's what we're able to do uh but i will see you guys all next week and i hope you enjoyed bye bye